Chapter 10, Royals It's been about a week or so since the wedding, and my adrenaline has simmered down. I have nowhere else to be except back at work, which I have to admit feels incredibly anticlimactic after everything that's just happened. I'm changed, and yet my life still looks the same. It's like when you lose your virginity. You think everyone will know it, that they'll see it on your face, and your whole outlook on life will be different that this serene rite of passage will usher you into womanhood. But after the deed is done in your childhood bedroom or dorm room with a sleeping roommate who's probably only pretending to sleep, you realize it wasn't this grand spectacle. Nothing at all has changed, except maybe your hymen. And let's be honest, that thing probably broke sometime riding a horse in the fifth grade. While I'm floating on air at this incredible stroke of luck, I don't feel particularly different. It's very clear to me the preciousness of the situation, and that if people at work knew, they wouldn't feel particularly good about me, and it would not end well. People like to keep you in your place, which is why I decide to keep it under wraps. Danny, Lexi, and I sit in Danny's dressing room on our meal break, or what we like to call our happy half hour, where we drink wine as fast as we can to endure the rest of the day. Lexi, get on Tinder, Danny says, shoving her cell phone in front of her. What? Ugh, no, she says, pushing her phone away. Tinder's just a hookup site. Exactly, she says, her eyes bright. And you could use a hookup right now. Not the kind where I leave with some unknown strain of STD, I don't. She turns away and frowns. Danny rolls her eyes. Whatever, it's a free dinner. She looks over annoyed. No, it isn't. Who pays for dinner when they're on a free hookup site, she argues. Fine, Danny says, annoyed at Lexi's puritanical ideals. I will. She begins typing on her phone and downloads the app. A few minutes later, she's scrolling through pictures. She holds the phone up to Lexi. What about this one? She flashes us a picture of an Asian guy in his 20s standing in front of a sunset on the beach. There's a fuzzy duplicate picture of his face in the right-hand corner looking down on himself like God. It looks like one of those glamour shots our parents took back in the 90s. The three of us start laughing so hard our abs start to hurt even more than normal from Paloxine the day before. Paloxine is this new workout right now. We've had yoga, power yoga, Pilates, yoga Pilates, boxing, power boxing, which is hardly believable. And now we have Paloxine. It's a mix of Pilates, yoga, and boxing. It's the worst hour and a half you'll ever pay money to barely live through. Girls actually puke midway. Our girlfriend dragged us to it. We're not speaking to her now. I watched Danny swipe through pictures of guys on Lexi's phone happily. How's dating in your world? I ask her. It's fine, but I just don't feel anything anymore, she says, throwing the phone down, already over the Tinder boys. When I'm with these guys, I don't check their phones or stalk their Twitter. I just don't care, she says, picking up her wine glass. I can have sex with them, and I won't feel anything. And afterwards, they just look up at me like some stupid puppy dog. It's so pathetic. I just want to grab their balls and say, Remember how to use these? She says, clutching the air. That's so healthy. Lexi says, nodding her head sincerely. I squint in confusion, but say nothing. I mean, seriously, who am I to say what's healthy or not? I'm in the first real relationship I've had in years, And it's only been over a month. I'm really not in any position to argue advice. My publicist is setting me up with this hot swimmer guy. He's so stupid. Like, 
literally stupid. I was watching YouTube videos of him, and it's amazing he knows how to tie his own shoes. Danny says, picking up her phone and typing on it again. She stops typing and shows us a picture of the tall, triangular-built swimmer. There's this one interview where they ask him to define himself, and he looks at the reporter and just states his name. What? Lexi and I both say in unison. Yeah, like, that's how he defines himself, by stating his own name. Danny says seriously. Oh my god. Lexi says, taking a long sip of her wine, rolling her eyes. Danny exhales. But whatever, I'll just have a few drinks, put a ball gag in his mouth so he can't talk and fuck him, she says, looking back at her phone. I look at her shocked while Lexi looks adoringly. I want to come back as you in another life, she says. Danny winks at her. My phone starts to ring, and I worry that it's my boss wondering where I am again. I look down and see it's Ryan calling. Danny looks at me and gives me a knowing smile. Don't get all excited, it's just Ryan, I say. Where's your country singer? Danny whines. I shoo her away, mouthing later. Ryan calls me at the same time every afternoon now that my song is getting cut. He always has a lot of questions for me, and I always tell him the same answers, that Ezra is taking care of it. But lately it's not enough. Honestly, who is this Ezra guy anyway? I've been asking around and a few people know him, but most don't. I'm trying to find his publisher, but I'm starting to think he doesn't have representation. I just think you should know it's starting to sound weird, Ryan says concerned. Look, what do you want me to do? This isn't my deal. I'm just a writer. Right, that's why I'm trying to protect you. Do you have anything on him? An agent or other people he writes with even? I don't know, really. He's always out in Nashville and we only get a chance to talk pretty late at night when he's away from the studio taking a break or something. Ryan says, Well, you need to know what your percentage is in this cut. It's 50-50. We wrote it together. That doesn't mean anything, he says annoyed. I see the girls casually look up at me, wondering what's going on. I smile back, faking that everything's okay. I put on my best tone. Ryan, I'm going to find out and I'll get back to you. I'm at work right now. Lexi yelps. Tell him to be Ezra next time he calls, she says a little tipsy. I hang up annoyed. I don't understand why he's so upset. I mean, this is a good thing. I'm getting a song cut. While it would be nice to be more involved, of course, I just figure that's what comes with the territory. I'm green and Ezra's more of a lush forest. I text Ezra. Hey, just wanting to say hi. Also wondering about what's going on with the song, etc. Call me later. Heart eyes emoji. I wait for a response for a few minutes while the girls chat mindlessly to each other and finally get a thumbs up emoji from him. I get home and call Jennifer for advice. She should be able to help ease my worries that Brian has placed so firmly in me. She's in town because she and Greg have decided to make it a staycation of a honeymoon, being that they travel all the time. Truthfully, she just wanted to be close to home to close on a big deal that's in the works for her. She answers right away, cheerful as ever. I can only imagine what she's like answering her phone at work. Stern, bordering on bitchy at times. Scary as fuck. Hey, what's up? She asks breathlessly. I can hear her walking quickly in high heels. Nothing. What are you doing? I say, opening up a beer and plopping down on my couch. Just walking into my place. Oh, God, the cutest guy and his dog just passed me before you called. I think he's my new neighbor, she says flirty. Did you say hi? 
I ask her. I smiled, she says. Just smiled? You didn't say anything? Isn't there a rule in Brentwood that requires you to be nice to your neighbors? Don't you pay money for them to be nice to you? I ask, confused. She laughs. What was I going to say? I've got my hair in a messy ponytail, a coffee stain on my right boob, and three pounds of makeup on my face from reapplying it all day. I don't know how that would translate into welcome to the neighborhood. I laugh at her. Besides, I'm a happily married lady now. Hopefully he'll forget all about me, so I can reappear as the better and more beautiful version of me to meet all over again. She says, pulling a bottle of wine from her cupboard and grabbing a corkscrew to open it. You're insane. I shake my head. She gasps. <gasps> I know what we should do. We should do something active where you can meet a bunch of hot, rich guys. She pauses and thinks. Like, take up golf. Really? Do you really see me as a golf kind of girl? No, but you could be. She says, pouring herself a glass of wine and taking a long sip to calm down from her stressful day at work. Besides, I'm seeing someone. I told you. Oh, that's right, she thinks. Well, why haven't I seen you with him? Hasn't it been like six months? She says, pouring herself a tall glass of red. It's been almost two, and he works a lot in Nashville. He's been there pretty much since we started dating. Well, then you should go out to see him. <laughs> I can't really afford that on my crappy salary. Well, you'd better figure it out, because from what you've told me, he sounds like a catch. I mean, not as much as Ryan, who will always be my top pick for you. Okay, can we let go of the Ryan thing? He's really been on my nerves lately. Why? <sighs> He's just really on me to get more info with my contract to the song. My percentage and royalties, blah blah. I say, starting to trail off into space, not wanting to talk about any of this. Well, that's really important. You need to make sure you're taken care of, she says, settling into a nearby chair. God, you sound just like him, I say. Good. She takes another long sip of her wine and continues. What's stopping you from getting your ass covered? It's not about me not wanting to cover my ass. It's just that I trust Ezra, she cuts me off. Why? You don't even know this guy. I scoff. <laughs> I think I know him a little bit. He's been inside of me. Who fucking cares? That means even less. Listen, Ryan's right. You need to get the facts from your guy and see what the hell is going on here. I would never just trust another agent on my behalf. I always get all my info up front, so I'm never in the dark about where my money is going. I moan. I know you're both right, but it's so hard to ask. I feel like if I do, he's going to just be offended or something. She softens. Oh, I get it. You're afraid of losing the guy. I mean, it's been a long time since I've had someone like him. I don't want to lose everything. Okay, listen. Ezra should give you this information. I don't see why he hasn't yet. Worst case scenario, you end up without a boyfriend, but with a song that's cut by a major artist and a career. But what if I lose my foot in the door, too, because I lose him? Is Ezra your only way in? I mean, right now he is. I just don't want to lose this opportunity. Or him. You are the most important person right now in this relationship. Just figure out what's going on and go from there. I don't think you're going to lose him. On what grounds, even? I don't know. Because men are fickle as fuck? <laughs> well, so are women. 
Stop giving your power away. It's your song too. You can leave him just as much as he can leave you. I stop and think about this. It all makes sense if she gives me a big dose of reality. Between her and Ryan, it feels like my future is hanging on by a thread.